this is the one. This is it. This is the fucking podcast of all podcasts. Podcasts. It's the motherfucking holy grail. Holy grail. It's like. It's like. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. You know, I think that we'd be shocked if we walked through some of our schools today from USA Today. Today's schools are cursed by an increase in swearing with language that would stand a sailor's hair on end. In a recent poll of high school principals, 89% said they face profane language every day. How sad, Jack. Our teenagers. You are now listening to the world's stupidest podcast ever. <laughs> This is the GTFOH podcast. We have no idea what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, what it do, what it do, what it do. Episode three in this bitch. Welcome to the GTFOH podcast. My name is Recognize. My friends call me Rec. Billboard Baggins if you're nerdy. Billy Baggins if you're nasty. You already know. And welcome to the third episode. Here we are, still defying gravity, somehow still doing the show. So that means that we are pressing forward past countless number of people that have tried to do this podcast and failed miserably. Um, That's including the people that whoever was referring to my YouTube channel saying, wasn't there already a GTFOH podcast? Yes, I'm sure there fucking was a shitload of them and they've all failed. I can't find one that's actually still going. Okay. I'm sure there's one somewhere out there still going, but whatever. I couldn't find anything significant to make me turn away from my dream of having a real GTFOH podcast. Anyway, I just want to say, first and foremost, my studio redesign is almost done. So the show's going to get a whole lot better uh, once the studio design is done. I've been working on it hardcore since December now, but... um really all through last year through the excessive touring and the weekly freestyles my home studio space just became like a big ass storage closet that i could just about carve a path out to make it from the booth to my desk to be able to do the freestyles and then i was able to like set up the camera on in the booth like on some like random objects to make it like work but um basically i did all that shit i did last year like crippled i was like hobbling towards the finish line throughout the whole year because the the room where i like create the room where my sanctuary was was fucked off completely fucked off so now i'm in a much better space i got a lot of the junk and well not junk is is really mostly like media that i just can't like store here anymore cds and bro i have a crazy collection of cds um including like stuff i've just bought that i'm a fan of stuff that i'm on and then any cd i'm not i want to say like 90 let's say let's say 85 percent to be safe of the cds i've been given over the years i have still i have like a big ass collection of like demos and submissions and local stuff and stuff from all over the country when we started touring so it just got to the point where the studio was like had way too much um cds really i was just drowning in fucking cds so I can't part with them. A friend of mine saw me like posting them on IG and was like, you should um, donate them to Goodwill. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not getting rid of them. Get the fuck out of here. here. A real collector don't part with his collection. All right. I'm like, I don't know if it's because when I was younger, my dad had a super dope collection of CDs and my mom had a bunch of CDs as well. And we lived in our first, no, our second house in uh, North Miami beach. And it was not the greatest neighborhood at the time. And we got the house broken into and they stole every piece of music that my parents had acquired. So I don't know. I think I'm sensitive. I'm hypersensitive to, um, like my CD collection and shit. I don't know. It's old school as fuck, but whatever. So I'm boxing it up, putting it all up in storage. And then my whole goal of it was to make this room more functional. I want the studio to be like the real estate in here. I don't have a lot of space, so I want to make it as functional as possible. I want every corner to be something that's contributing to the music I'm making or the podcast or the videos I'm doing for YouTube, whatever it is. I want it to be like fully functional in this bitch. So it's not done yet. I'm still sitting in a quite like a decent um, number of CDs that I'm, I'm still like digitizing and shit. 
but I'm getting close and it's it's getting there. It's getting there. I also um, need to let you guys know that I really, really appreciate the support on the first couple episodes. Um, it's it's doing real good. I got a couple of calls about some cool uh, possible like collaborations and some cool endorsements and shit. So we're working on some cool stuff for the show and I'm really excited about it and I'm, I'm, I'm like enjoying it and I feel like it's only going to continue to get better and better and better. So in the interest of getting better let's go ahead and just jump right into it first and foremost i want to say that i like this segment all that recurring non-recurring shit from last week fuck all that i'm bringing this shit back i want to start each episode with this i think this is a good way to open it up and i want to apologize right off the rip last week i I called the segment get the fuck out of the headlines i just want to say that was terrible that was uh, like not one of y'all said to me that's a terrible uh, name for a segment I thought we were friends. That segment, that was just a lazy, off the cuff, like very poor freestyle uh, of a name of a segment. And I'm saying, fuck that segment. I like the segment. I hate the name. So um, we're going to get right into it. And the new name of this segment, which um, you guys can appreciate or let me know if you think that shit fucking sucks, is give me some head. Lines. Give me some headlines. That's what it's called. Um, That's going to be the current... um, name for now until i can find up something better if you have an idea for a better name of the headline segment go ahead and leave a voice message it's in the uh show description wherever you're listening to this podcast there's a link there go ahead and leave a message let me know um if you got something better or hit me on socials you already know but let's get right to it give me some head lines at 11 pay more at the grocer but getting less will tell you how to get the most the fuck are you doing We need to acknowledge an unfortunate mistake that I made and one of the teases we bring to you before this program. While we were live just after 10 o'clock, I said a word that many people find offensive. I'm truly sorry. It was a mistake on my part, and I sincerely apologize. All right, right off the bat, this week, I feel like the headlines that I came across were just all very close to the same theme. And that theme is cons scams, hoodwink, bamboozled, whatever you want to call it, con men. Let's just call it, let's just say that. It's about con men. Um, The first one is a fucking doozy. This one is beautiful. Um, This one, the headline reads, Wu-Tang Clan impersonators steal $100,000 from hotels and recording studios. Strap yourself in, folks. This one's going to be fucking sweet. Let's go ahead and just read a little bit of this. Um... Georgia police have arrested a pair of men who allegedly scam hotels out of thousands by impersonating high-profile music industry figures and rap artists, including members of the Wu-Tang Clan. The scammers' leaders, Walker Washington and Aaron Barnes Burpo, Burpo, that's an interesting name, reportedly transported their makeshift crew in a stolen Rolls-Royce, assumed various Wu-Tang Clan identities, supplied hotel employees with falsified credentials and stolen credit cards, and received more than $100,000 worth of stays and services from luxury establishments. Specifically, Atlanta's Georgian Terrace Hotel was separated from 45 grand, the Hyatt Regency Atlanta parted with 39 grand, and the rightful owner of the Rolls-Royce, a limousine company, cited losses of over 60 grand. And in an arguably bolder display that for the public's sake requires explanation, the group is said to have put record labels on the hook for over $17,000 by visiting multiple recording studios. <laughs> ah! Get the fuck out of here! This is epic right here. This is just amazing. How, how, there's so many different levels to like why this story should have never really been a thing. Um, first of all, all right, let's just for a split second just say that Wu-Tang Clan obviously we know come from a different era, right? So if you got some kids that work in a hotel now in Atlanta, I'd like to think they should still kind of be able to pick Method Man out of the lineup and shit. But all right, let's just say if a dude walks in and somehow is super convincing and has all the like fake credentials and shit and then says, hey, um, 
you know, I'm the Rebel Lioness, Your Highness. And they're like, I'm sorry, what? And they're like, Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you know what I'm saying, God, it's just that we need this room and uh, I'm gonna have my mans come back and pay you. I don't know. I'm not, I've never been good at scamming. I'm not a good like hustler, really. I'm, I've got an honest like look on my face where like if I'm lying to you, you can kind of tell. And on top of that, I just never had the heart or stomach for it. So I'm always amazed at people that can pull shit off like this. How the fuck, how the fuck do you walk into a hotel and then somehow get them to give you a room that you, then I'm like, how do they, how did they pay for that? And how did somebody, I don't know, like, and then if they don't know Wu-Tang well enough to pick them out of a lineup per se, and they don't know what they look like, then how are they convinced? How are they even like, oh, okay, you're Wu-Tang. Cool. Let me just give you the suite. Like, I don't, I don't get how that happens. I'm very like confused as to how they actually pulled that off. Um, now the real crime is now, obviously the hotel's kind of excusable, I guess. I don't know how the fuck they let these dudes like scam them out of money, but all right, let's go. Um, what was the other one? The Rolls Royce company. All right, cool. Maybe the dude, the limousine company, you know, whoever owns that limousine company, they don't know who Wu-Tang is and they thought they were going to come up. But the fucking recording studios, really multiple recording studios in Atlanta were let's see they got taken for over 17 grand for i guess studio time well, i guess do these dudes rap these scammers they actually rap as well were they like in the studio making tracks <laughs> were they like recording as if they were the wu-tang clan that would have been fucking epic um if that happened the next i think the studio should make to to, to make that seventeen thousand dollars back they should release a project that they benefit from solely that is like the fake Wu-Tang Clan, you know? Put out a project and I'll, I'll stream that shit just to hear it. Like, I'm sure it's hilarious. It's probably amazing. Um, did they like stick to the script and like each, like do their own character? Did they just go in there and do their own tracks? Did they even sound like Wu-Tang? Were they doing trap music? And then the engineers should have like, if they knew Wu-Tang enough to say, hey, come on in, we'll build a, the, the label for you. They should know Wu-Tang enough to know that like, um, yeah, this doesn't really sound like a fucking Jizza track. This sounds like a, you know, this sounds like a fucking Tyler, the creator track. Like what the fuck is going on? Um, very very strange uh yeah this is a, this is a, this is an interesting one I, i'm i'm i i thought it was a joke at first somebody sent this to me um who the fuck sent this to me so yeah i can't i can't find the original link that somebody sent me so shout out to the anonymous um person that sent me that link i'm gonna start noting who's sending me what links so that i can give you some props because i feel shitty uh in taking the credit but i didn't find this story this story was sent to me and i appreciate that i appreciate it at first when when homie mentioned it to me and told me that he asked me did you hear about the wu-tang impersonators i was like what like i didn't even think it was a real story but it's a real story happened in georgia wu-tang clones wu-tang clones ain't nothing to forge with golly that one is impressive all right let's move on get the fuck out of here let's stick on scammers for a second let's do some more scammers Victims thought they were paying millions to free hostages, but the minister who asked them was a fraudster in a mask. Now, they got a picture of this. Jean-Yves Lebrun, Ledrain, 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 uh, in Paris. This happened in Paris. This dude uh, claimed to be the, f- the defense minister for France. Uh, um, he basically called up a, a bunch of different people. Let's, let's read some more. We're talking about the lives of French citizens and we would like to free them. Oh, he was basically claiming that there was hostages. So um, they're saying a group of high profile individuals were duped by scammers. Um, the scammers pretended to be the French defense ministry and claimed that there were French hostages in Mali. Um, but... This man that they are reporting on just became the latest victim in a multi-million dollar con that would span two years and target more than 150 people, including the spiritual leader Aga Khan, the president of Niger, the prime minister of Norway, the archbishop of Lyon, the owner of Chateau Margaux Wines, the king of Belgium, the director general of UNESCO, and numerous CEOs all got got by this same group of scammers. Attempts to extort money from embassies and governments were made in more than 50 different countries. These motherfuckers are on some shit. 
This ain't no, I'm going to pretend to be Wu-Tang Clan to get a fucking Rolls Royce. This is like, I'm going to scam. I'm going to Nigerian prince scam like world leaders and shit. CEOs of companies, presidents, spiritual leaders, everybody's getting got. This is fucking amazing. Um, CNN has obtained exclusive recordings made by often skeptical victims showing how a group of fraudsters tried to pull off what what some in France are calling the scam of the century by impersonating France's defense minister at the time and conning wealthy individuals out of, get ready for it, take a deep breath, 80 million euros to reportedly pay ransoms to free French hostages being held by Islamist terrorists. Some of that 80 million has not been recovered to date. Six of the alleged fraudsters are currently on trial in Paris in connection with the Le Drian hoax and a plot to impersonate Prince Albert II of Monaco while a seventh defendant is on trial only for the Albert of Monaco plot. They're saying the, the, the whole con was super elaborate. It's this fucking scam of the century. Um, authorities started investigating it and this is like going back four years and still the conning was going on while they were investigating it they couldn't catch these guys fast enough um and they fucking just kept going that's epic that is an epic one right there and for the people um that got duped by this guy you see i mean the picture they have is pretty low res i'll throw it up on the ig the picture they have is pretty low res here but um, if I saw this on my FaceTime or Skype or whatever, I'm not transferring shit to this dude. Get the fuck out of here! Like, I'm gonna have to do a side-by-side comparison of the actual French defense minister and this, like, screenshot they have here. But this shit looks kind of fake. It, it doesn't even look believable for real. Not at this, like, resolution. So, basically, to the people who got conned by this guy without cl- without verifying it in any way, shape, or form, I gotta, I just gotta give you a... Get the fuck out of here! It's only right. Um, let's do one more scam situation before we move on. This one, I like this one a lot. This one is pretty epic. Um, this one just goes to show you the power of the puss. Okay. Uh, sorry, ladies, but... You know what it is. You already know you got the power. You got the power. What power? The power of voodoo. Who do? You do. Do what? Remind me of the babe. You know what I mean? You have the power. Basically, um, the headline reads, Israel accuses Hamas of catfishing soldiers to plant malware. The Israel military said the militant group in Gaza tried to dupe its troops by posing as women seeking romance. Now, let me tell you this. For... Um, people that don't know my background in history, uh, for about seven, eight years, I worked for a, an adult entertainment company. Um, I worked all kinds of jobs. I got a job there because they started a record label, an independent record label called South Beat Records. And I, uh, I was working on a record for them. My first, it was my first record deal and I was working on an album for them. And at the time I needed money and I was like, look, um, you know, I'm working on this album, but like, I'm not trying to get a handout or advance or anything. I just, do you have any, do you have a job? Can I get a job? I just want a job. Um, and they were like, cool. Yeah. We need some people to take phone calls in the customer service department. Whenever, whenever I say that to people, everyone laughs as if like porn companies don't have customer service. They're like, what are you like? I'm like, yeah, it was just normal shit. Billing questions. Um, every now and again, I got a weird one, but most of the time it was just like, what's this charge on my credit card? And I'd be like, oh, sir, that's for, you know, trannysurprise.com. And they'd be like, oh, okay, cool. We're hang up real quick get embarrassed or they'd be like or it'd be his like a dude's wife and he'd be like what what the fuck you mean it's for backdoorbetty.com or whatever i'm gonna kill this motherfucker i got some of those too anyways i say that to say this they had a uh dating app um for a while this is like very early and um the dating app that we worked for it was they were just getting it off the ground and there was a period of time where you know, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna say the name of the app. You know, but it was pretty. It was on the rise. It wasn't one of the big dogs. It wasn't like Match.com or no shit like that. But it was on the rise. And there was a period of time where one of the jobs. I never worked this job, but a lot of my homies went in and got hired to go in and basically pose as females on this dating app to generate traffic and get some more activity, so that you know dudes like might be on there too early 
and there might not be enough girls and then they'll leave. So you kind of want to keep them going for a little while. So there was dudes that was getting paid to sit there on the computer and pose as females. They were creating their own profiles. So just be careful when you're on the internet. You never know who the fuck you're talking to. Now that goes triple for anyone who happens to be in the fucking military. Like, I don't know, like I get it. If you're in the military, man, it's probably lonely. And then when your countries are at war and you out there really like thugging it out, man, that's gotta be tough. And the internet makes it easy enough if, you, if you're even allowed access to, to get on there and like, you know, thirst trap a little bit. And, that, and I get that. I 100% I get that. I'm not faulting you at all. But just, you gotta be aware. Because even motherfuckers that are just everyday citizens, you know what I mean? You know, fucking will, will become targets at some point for something, for some sort of scam. But if you're in the military, depending on what country and what the conflict is, you are 1,000% a target. 1,000%. Um, this happened in Jerusalem. Uh, the Israel military said Sunday it had foiled a catfishing attempt to gain access to soldiers' phones, at least the third instance since 2017, in which it said Hamas, the Islamic militant group that controls Gaza, had tried to dupe its troops by posing as Israeli women seeking romance. Hamas, for its part, on Friday accused Israel of hacking one of its groups on the messaging app Telegram and posting doctored photos of Hamas intelligence officers in embarrassing poses fucking super tight the israeli said hamas tricked soldiers using women's photos that have been altered to defeat easy reverse image searches with fake names like yael azule and noah danan the women had fleshed out social media profiles salted their texts with hebrew slang and maintained accounts on several platforms at once they're out there they're hustling thirst trapping uh, to justify communicating only by text, the military said the decoy said they were hearing impaired or had speech impediments. Get the fuck out of here! Damn. And these dudes, and like I said, granted they are in the military, so you know they might want to, you know what I mean? They, the thirst might be a little higher than normal, but let's just be honest. Thirst across the world, no matter what your profession is, no matter what you're involved in, is pretty high. So that just goes to show how dudes ain't shit. Because these girls were telling them, oh, you know, I'm hearing impaired or I have a speech impediment. This was like, nah, that's cool. I totally, uh, nothing wrong with that. You know, let's just get, yo, I like your picture though. Let me see what's up. What else you got? Um, so they got the ill tech hack battle going on right now between uh, Hamas and Israel. They are not fucking around. They are out here hacking motherfuckers. Yeah. So there you go. They got the, they got real war. Right there on the ground. They got the Cold War, you know, the little, you know, back and forth governmental shit. And then they got the motherfucking Thirst War. <clears throat> you don't want to be a soldier in the Thirst War, all right? The Thirst War is serious. It's fucking... I just want to salute and, and, and give all the thanks in the world to all the soldiers for serving in the Thirst War. Because the Thirst War is, is, is pretty real. It's pretty real. Uh, that's a crazy one. All right, I, 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 I think we can move on from the con man portion of it now. Uh, let's go to some crazy shit. All right, this one, this one I just heard. I, every morning I listen to a little news digest on um, on one of them Google devices, Google Home devices. And um, this one, let me just tell all my friends, like I've, I looked at the stats on this podcast and most of you listening right now are in the U.S. So I'm going to just tell you this. Uh, from going to visit my dad, who lives in England a lot, and um, just having a lot of family that are outside of the U.S., um, the news that we get exposed to here is so limited in terms of, like, worldview. Even when they give you, like, the world portion on whatever you're, like, say you go to CNN, or you go to Fox News, or you go to whatever, MSNBC, whatever the, like, the big dog that you go to is. Their world sections are always missing a lot of it, of what's going on in the world. Uh, to really get uh, world news, you got to go outside those networks, like outside the U.S. networks. They really don't report on a lot of the shit that happens. So one of the podcasts, the, the mini podcast I listen to in the morning is BBC Minute. And on BBC Minute, they'll give you like five or six headlines. And then it, it literally it's 60 seconds long. In that 60 seconds, they'll drop a few headlines on you. And there's always, like, I listen to it third or fourth in the morning. So I hear, like, uh, NPR. And then I hear, after NPR, it's uh, the, the CBS local Miami. I like to just see what's going on in Miami. And then 
It's uh, USA Today has like a five things you should know. And then and then I think it pops up BBC Minute. And always, I'd say at least two to three of the five things that they squeeze into that minute, two, two or three of those things are things that haven't been covered in the American um, outlets. Like a lot, a lot, a lot. Of, it's very high percentage chance that you're hearing something you haven't heard before. Getting to the point. This story came up and I was like, we got to talk about this one. This one is a complete... GTFOH moment. Um, <clears throat> this one happened in India. The headline reads, Indian students stripped for menstruation checks. Scores of women students staged a protest outside an Indian college saying they were forced to strip to check if they were menstruating. The students were told to undress after a used sanitary napkin was found in a garden outside Sajahaned Girls Institute where they are banned from the hostel when they are having their periods. These girls are not allowed to stay there when they're on their period. Quote, there are no words to describe the humiliation that we face, said one of the students protesting outside the college in Bush, in the western state of Gujarat. I've never pronounced any of these names before, so sorry if I'm fucking them up. Deep-rooted social taboos remain in India, I did not know that, around menstruating women. This is still a thing. Uh, let me just hold on, let me just check on the calendar here on the computer. Oh yeah, yeah 2020, that's the year right now, crazy. Um, they still have a taboo in India around menstruating women. Fucking super tight. Hit me with one real quick. Get the fuck out of here. In some rural areas, women are made to sleep separately during their period and are banned from entering temples altogether. College authorities lined up 68 students. These are the college authorities, by the way. This isn't just like some rogue renegade, like Indian version of a redneck, like fucking right wing conservative group. This is like some fucking official shit college authorities lined up 68 students in the washroom and ordered them to undress one by one the uh, students told reporters uh the college is run by the conservative hindu sect oh this is gonna be a tough one hold on swaminarayan swaminarayan the conservative hindu sect swaminarayan the sect runs lavish temples around the world including in london it, its rules bar students from staying in the hostel during their periods. We covered that already. Menstruating women's uh, students must stay in an isolated basement area and keep away from the kitchen and the place of worship. God damn, hit me again. Get the fuck out of here. Motherfucker. They can't go into the kitchen. They can't go into the holy spots. You already know how I feel about those if you know me. Um, they also have to sit at the back of the classroom during lectures. So apparently because they're menstruating, which is a natural thing uh, that has to happen. It's fucking part of the whole human experience. They can't be close to the fucking teacher because as for some reason that's going to affect the learning of everyone else in the classroom. Hit me again. Get the fuck out of here. College said it had set up an inquiry and indicated action could be taken against the staff behind the checks. College trustee Praven Pindoria said the girls were informed about the hostel rules before they took admission. Meaning, bitch, we told you what the fuck it was before you got in here. Now you complaining. Yes. Yes, we're complaining because I don't A, I don't think they thought they might even had a choice. And then B, like there's one thing to say, like, OK, yeah, it's just kind of the way it is here. And then like to be humiliated and made to strip. And I'm sure that shit wasn't in the rules. I'm sure it wasn't. Oh, we're going to strip you down and everybody going to have to do a little quick pat down test to make sure that you're on your period or not um the last the last thing they say in the story is a quote from the uh a quote from the college trustee saying i've called a meeting of the administrative committee which will take action against the responsible persons we gonna need an update on this story because this story is fucking insane i'm gonna need a i'm gonna need a double time get the fuck out of here get the fuck out of here yeah that one is insane wild shit wild shit all right, moving on. Last, give me some headlines. Um, this headline just jumped out of me while I was browsing the web, and I was like, we got to talk about this for a split second. Um, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this one, but whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be mean about it. I'm just going to speak my mind, speak my part, all right, because everybody's so fucking PC right now. Everybody getting mad at the littlest things now. Um, the headline reads, I waited until I was 41 to lose my virginity, but was it worth it? Man. Um, all right, so the girl's name is Amanda. I'm not going to put her last name. I mean, it's it's on Huffington Post. If you want to go look for it, you look for it. But um, the girl's name is Amanda, and 
she she writes this whole long article about how she made it to 40. She dated over 100 men by that point, but um, she never, ever had sex with them. She was still a virgin at 40, and then she ended up losing her virginity at 41. She met somebody or whatever. She went on a whole quest, and then she was, like, looking back, basically just trying to see if it was worth it. Um, in the beginning of the article, she talks about going on Katie Couric's show, I thought this was interesting. She got invited to speak on the Katie Couric show on an episode called Late in Life Virginity. And during a commercial break, Katie Couric turned to the girl and said, uh, she, 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 all right, this is how she writes it. Uh, during a commercial break, Couric turned to me with a knowing look and told me I had a case of, quote, fairy tale princess syndrome. Then she said, quote, you should just have sex, she told me. My heart felt like it had just been spanked. God damn, Katie Couric hit her with the just go ahead and do it, bitch. Go ahead. Just go ahead and have some sex. The fuck's wrong with you? Um, that's pretty impressive considering like the era and time that we live in to be like an anchor. I mean, she said it off the air, but still everybody's so like conscious of what they're saying now, especially if you work in the like if you work in the news business or the entertainment business, like to say that to a guest. Oof, like, man, Katie Couric, she, she went ahead and just dropped her metal balls right on the fucking right on the table and said, hey, hey, look. Come on, bitch. Just drop the act. You acting like a fairy tale princess, bitch. And I'm just going to need you to go ahead and just get that dick. What the fuck? You're 41, bitch. Golly. You, like, you're approaching retirement age and shit. You're, mid- you're midlife. You're middle-aged. Um, I'll save you guys the read. Basically, she talks about hooking up with this dude and going on to like finally like you know find her journey. And then this dude had, hadn't had sex in three years. So they both were kind of rusty. Well, she was complete rust. And he was three years rust. And then they ended up uh, 10 months in, I think. Um, they went on a trip to French Polynesia. Ooh, fancy. Um, and they got to a place and the taxi driver told her the island's name translated to the sex of the woman. And that's when she was like, oh, this is a fucking sign. I'm about to fucking get fucked. Um, and then, yeah, she, um, I, I, I kind of scratch, like the article starts to run on and shit, but I, I scrolled down to the end and it's got a picture of her like jumping up for joy off a dock and shit, which I guess is like this, the, the signifier of like, I got fucked. Fuck yeah, I got fucked. Um, and yeah, she she's bringing it up. And then um, at the end of the article, two months later after they've schmidash, uh, they get married. And then she's 40. And then at the, at the time of the writing the article, she's 42 years old and four months pregnant. Mm, get it. Um I'll give you the the last paragraph, which is she put... Was it worth waiting? My extended journey as a virgin made me discover things about myself I might have never realized had I had sex with the first guy who insisted. Ultimately, it took a lot of time as well as awareness and work to stop my self-destructive patterns and allow myself to be loved. It was never about sex. It was never about waiting for the perfect guy to show up. It was about waiting on a healthy me to show up. The one who realized she deserved more than breadcrumbs. The one who finally felt the emptiness and longing. The one who turned toward love rather than chasing rejection. The one who was capable of accepting that love. And that was worth the wait. I'm Casey Case. <laughs> ah, go ahead and hit me. Get the fuck out of here. Ah, uh, well, I guess, I mean, I'm not judging her. Hey, everybody got their own path. Everybody got, you know, cool. Some people be fucking at 9, 10 years old. I got friends who had kids at 14 years old. I got friends who had kids in their 40s. Shit, I had my first kid at 34. Um, I mean, I was I was not a virgin, but I still, I'm saying I had my first kid at 34, which is kind of considered to be late. So some people could be telling me, what the fuck you been doing with your life? You should have had kids earlier or whatever. So I'm not judging her. All I'm saying is when you get to the end of this life, and you look at all the fucking you've done in your life, man, missing out on that, like, 18 to 40 era of fucking, I don't, I'm not sure that I would have thought it was worth it. But, I mean, I guess if she's happy, cool, fuck it. More power to you, Amanda, all right? Fucking happy for you. And I guess, you know, it's cool for her to be like looking at her dude and be like you you know you're my one my only you're my first you're my last you're my everything yeah. all right that concludes give me some head lines um if you like the name of the new 
segment, go ahead and let me know in the comments on social media or hit me with a voice message. You already know what it is. Let's move on to the main story right now. The main story for today's episode is titled The Time I Got to Be Lil Wayne's Sound Man. Before I get into the story, I was thinking this whole time when I was going to start a podcast that I didn't want to like be talking too much about music. I was initially going to start the podcast as an alternate ego. Like I was going to do a whole different character and I was going to not mention recognize Mayday, strange music, music in general, none of that. But then I kind of like shelved that idea and I started this one and I just attached my name to it, which obviously I knew was going to be easier to promote. And I realize now that like after talking to people and getting feedback and listening to the com- reading the comments, listening to the messages, I realize that there's no avoiding it. Like it's better. Most of you know me from my music anyways. So it's there's no point in avoiding talking about stories and stuff from, you know, things I've learned in the industry, things I've learned, things I've experienced. That's the shit that people are asking me for. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and just pepper that in here and there. Um, a few weeks back, Little Wayne was a guest on Drink Champs podcast. Shout out to the Drink Champs, Familia. Um, so while they're on the podcast, our good family member, um, manager of Mayday for many, many years, guy who gave me my first mixtape slot, I've talked about him already on the show, DJ EFN. He went ahead and brought us up in the interview to Little Wayne. And this is how that went. Hold on, let me tell you something. I don't know if you remember that you put a group that I managed, Mayday, Mm. in two of your videos. Mm. The group Mayday, the band. The band, yeah, Yeah, punk, yeah. yeah. And and it was ill because you... You, brought, you had them in your video shoot, mm. and then they, we brought a t-shirt for you, and you threw the t-shirt. And you, no, at first, you were like, it's a little too big. You're like, all right, fuck it. Right? And you put it on, killed it, and then you invited them to, to perform at a Super Bowl Super party. Super Bowl party. Mm-hmm. Which was crazy for us, and we went and we did it. Mm. And then we met with Baby, too, and it didn't work out. But whatever. <laughs> but it was ill, though. Love you showed these guys, yeah. and then you put on the shirt and all that. And then Mac Man ended up doing a track with them. Mm. And I just wanted to thank you, just you know, on the record, genuine, on the show. Yeah, like, you really were genuine. You showed love to the guys, you know, you wanted to learn. They, they, you play guitar yeah, with them, yeah. with the guys, and you showed love to them. So, thank you for that. That's man. all love. <laughs> So 2010, um, Little Wayne was working on Rebirth, and we had a friend who uh, was directing um, music videos for that album, and he needed a band to stand in for his music video. Um, the first one was what's the name of the first video? On Fire. So he he needed a band for the On Fire video. So. The homie called us and said, hey, would you guys want to stand in and be the band for the On Fire video with Lil Wayne? And of course, the guys were all like, fuck yeah. But at the time, they were very specific. They were like, look, uh, we we just need, you know, like three or four band members, you know. And then obviously we all thought, OK, well, there's no way they're going to need me and Burns. So we, we didn't go. I um I think Burns might have stopped by the set if I remember correctly, but I either I was working at the time or there was something that was keeping me from actually going. And then I think it was either that or there was a limitation on how many people could be on set. So I didn't get to go to that one. But it was it was dope. It was a dope look for Mayday. They they got great uh screen time. They had um our homie Derek G was there shooting and he shot some freestyle videos that the guys did in between takes where they were like, you know, they were playing some freestyle shit on the guitar, bass and drums. And Wayne was like freestyling with them and kicking verses off the upcoming album. And it was a dope, dope look for Mayday. This is all pre strange music. We hadn't been signed yet. Um, so cool. That goes down. It's all dope. Wayne fucks with the guys. He really enjoys it. He's like, yo, a big ups to Mayday gives him prop, like gives the guys props. Um, he tells, uh, Plex, like they, they go and grab Plex and tell him, oh, like Wayne's in his trailer and he's trying to learn electric guitar and he's having some problems with some pedals. Would you be down to go in there and like help him out? So Plex went in there and Wayne was like in there kicking it with some, some friends or whatever. And, and Plex went in there and gave little Wayne like a guitar pedal lesson, which is just epic in itself. Um, so cool. After that first experience, you know, we just thought, okay, cool. It is what it was. Cool. Let's move on. Then we get a call that Wayne's gonna do two more videos. Uh, he does he does da 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 and get a life. I think it was two videos in one shot. And 
they say, hey, look, bring the guys, you know, bring everybody. It's going to be on this rooftop. We're going to do it like fucking it's going to be on South Beach. It's going to be like some crazy U2 style shit. It's going to be crazy. So at the time, they all tell us, yo, this is our shot. We're going to get like some love for the whole band, Burns, Wreck, everybody, you know, like get ready. And at the time, I lived right across the street. I lived on South Beach. So cool. They tell us, yo, like get ready, get dressed, dress fly, whatever, whatever. I'm not, you know, I don't. I'm not really like a fashionable dude, but when it comes to music videos, I'll try to do my best. So I get dressed up like on some rapper shit, bright yellow snapback, fucking black and yellow like outfit, relatively loud for me, probably fairly still quiet for a, a hip hop video, but loud for me. So I'm sitting there and we go. We're going to like uh, load up and they're getting all ready and prop prepped. We're there hella early, way before Wayne, of course, getting set up with the gear, making it all work cool. We're there for hours, hours before Wayne shows up. The production crew of the video asked us to bring PA. And we didn't really have like a proper PA at the time. We had a decent system, but nothing crazy, just something we rehearsed on. So we brought that, brought that, couple speakers, little mixer, the you know, the drums, the percussion, um, drums, bass, you know, all that shit. The guys. Um, LT, Plex, Gianni, Anonymous. And then me and Burns was ready, camera ready, to see if we could get a cameo of some sort. But when we got all set up, the guys started having some technical issues, um, especially with the vocal mic that Wayne was going to use. So they asked me to jump on there and basically help them out because we, we never thought that we might need an engineer to like somebody to mix the shit and and the, per, the 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 video crew didn't think of that either they thought we had it all covered which we didn't i mean we did but we didn't really so i jumped on started trying to make the mic work a little bit better and then they had it worked out this is like at the peak of little wayne's fucking fame he was like superstar status to the max degree so he got out of a car and they started rolling and he basically got there out of the car and walked right into the fucking video shoot. Literally, like, walked up to a girl. She patted him down. He put a pair of shades from a box on and then, like, grabbed the fucking hat and jumped on stage, hit the mic, and started performing. That was it. And they had helicopters flying over. It was a fucking movie. Meanwhile, I'm behind the stage in my bright yellow hat looking like I want to be a rapper and shit basically being the engineer and like I'm, I'm, I'm a decent engineer i'm not really good at live sound so i'm here trying to make it work the mic's feeding back a little bit there was i think i want to say in my mind there was one or two times where wayne kind of looked back to see like if the mic was popping or not or if it was whatever and i was looking at him like yo i'm, I'm on it i'm on it um long story short burns and i never really got any like looks because there wasn't really a look to be had even though we thought we might um, if you go back and watch the uh, Da 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 video or the Get A Life video and look behind the stage to the left, you will see, you, you might see Burns standing there for a second with a guitar. I think he was there for a bit. And then you might see a smidge, a little smidge. I was hoping I'd come out in the background, you know, like, oh, you know, one of the cuts, I'll be standing back there. But I was mostly hunched over the fucking mixing board. So I want to give you guys a little homework. Throw up the video for Wayne's Da 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 or Get A Life and see if you can find a frame, a screenshot where the yellow cap pops out the back of the stage and go ahead and send me that because I'm, I think you might be able to see me in one part, but there's got to be at least one frame that um, I, I pop up. But anyways, that um, the whole experience was super dope. I'm, I'm really glad that E brought it up and, and him and Wayne had a little exchange about it recently and EFN thanked Wayne for giving us the look because it was amazing. I know a lot of underground heads have always said mixed things about Wayne, but he was super gracious with us. He gave us an amazing look when he didn't have to. He really fucked with us. After they did the first video, we had brought him a shirt, a Mayday shirt, just to give him, like to say, hey, like thanks for having us. Boom, here's like some, some Mayday merch. And he looked at it and was like, oh, you don't have no smaller size. Cause I think we had given him a large or medium and he was like, he wanted something smaller and we didn't, it was all we had. And he kind of looked around for a second. He was like, ah, fuck it. And he just boom, threw it on. And then like spur of the moment did the whole second video in the Mayday shirt. So that, that fucking gave us a crazy good look. And, um, 
like it definitely like raised our profile in terms of like people going who the fuck is mayday and like why is this dude wearing a shirt this is mayday you know so it was it was a really good look we're always going to be forever grateful to wayne for giving us that look and um i just laugh about it now when i think about it and when it was brought up on drink champs recently that we always used to laugh about how I, I ended up being like the, en- the sound engineer for that day, but I was dressed up like I wanted to be a rapper and I wanted to like look dope and shit, but I was like basically the engineer. Um, and to make matters worse, while while we were just waiting for Wayne to get there and start shooting, the, we, the, the set looked epic. It was a really dope like shot on the rooftop and there was something wrong with a sound issue. They needed a cable, something. And I don't know why I left, but... I had to go to my apartment nobody could do it for me i had to go grab it and i was maybe i was insistent that i'll do it on my own and i ran to my apartment to grab this piece that we needed and while i was gone Derek g said to the guys hey let's get a snap let's do like a still and he took a fucking ridiculously dope picture of the band minus me got burns up there and they did like a band shot real quick in between the takes you know before they started like you know getting getting ready and by the time i got back it was over so i missed being in the fucking picture so i had there's this epic picture at our studio the mayday studio that i'm not fucking in get the fuck out of here yeah hey you can't win them all you can't win them all but you can be prepared and you can be the guy that you know everybody relies on and i'm i'm fucking cool with that i'm comfortable with that um, I feel like we gotta take some, we gotta take some calls. Uh, we gotta take, we gotta hit the line. I also need a name for this segment. Okay, get the phone out of here. Nah, that's stupid. Uh, you guys help me out with this one too. What do we call the phone segment? The messages segment? The go to the line segment of this show? Um, either way, let's take a few calls right now. Let's take a few messages. All right, check this out. This is uh, Ralph Garcia, a.k.a. Drama Meet, a.k.a. at Ralph Garcia 305 at every social media outlet. Holler at me. couple things I want to say. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, number one, if you order food from Uber Eats or Postmates and you don't tip your delivery driver, get the fuck out of here. And number two, if you're driving and you're approaching a red light, Right? And you're first in line? Get into the non-turning lane so you don't hold back everybody behind you like a fucking douchebag. Get the fuck out of here. Yo, Rick, loving the pod. Let's keep it going. Yeah, yeah. That's my boy Drama Mean. Shout out to Drama Mean. That's the homie from way, way back. Miami Familia. Um, number one, absolutely. Absolutely. I watched a special on YouTube and... It was a dude who was like, you want to know how much money you can make from doing Uber or Uber Eats or whatever. And he basically like chronicled like the whole day of doing Uber Eats to show like how much money he made, how much gas he spent. Um, It's a really dope video. You should check it out. But if you watch that, it's not a great fucking way to make money. And it's pretty taxing. And the company doesn't pay a whole lot. So as 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 with a lot of like delivery jobs, pizza delivery, whatever, fucking you you, tipping is it's kind of like kind of like a waiter and shit it's like you tip them for bringing you you know as as fast as they can bring it to you as good as they can bring it to you cool let that reflect in the tip i have some i have a a couple of music business friends uh or music industry friends so to speak some of them pretty high up there that i've heard that don't tip at all and i always give them a hard time because i'm like bro how do you not tip fucking uber eats drivers get the fuck out of here I don't get that. How do you not tip them? Um, to me, it's like, it's just second nature. And then like, especially when like, I don't know, the service varies a little bit. So when people go above and beyond or you could tell they're super on point and they know how to read a fucking GPS and they make it to your crib on time, they don't fucking, you know, drive around for 20 minutes, then you got to hook them up. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, that's I'm, I'm all the way with you on that one, Drama. That one is a big one. Like, tip your fucking Uber Eats drivers, tip your Uber drivers. The same way you would tip a cab driver back in the day. I don't understand how now the shit's gotten more easy and more accessible, yet we got cheaper somehow. I don't understand. It's it's, it's crazy to me. So, yeah, man, tip 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 your motherfucking Uber Eats drivers. I use Uber Eats way, way too much. But, um, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to use it, I might as well tip the driver, especially if you watch the, those videos. Go watch the breakdown video on how much money they, they, they make based on the work they do and the gas and everything that comes into, like, 
doing that job. And then if you really do appreciate getting food delivered to your fucking door, at least throw them a buck or two. Shit. What the fuck? And number two, that is basically uh, what you you're basically hearing a prime example of some good old fashioned down home southern cooked Miami road rage, baby. We are infamous for our road rage. If you look at the lists of like the most angriest places to drive, Miami is always in the top 10. Sometimes more often than not, we're in the top five. And I've seen some lists where we are the number one angriest motherfucking spot to drive. It's like Mad Max fucking road warrior out here. Um, I've gone on tour and had like a great time, been super zened out and like, I haven't even been behind the wheel. And then I get back here and I'm driving and it's like literally like I got into fucking like road rage mode, like instantly it's, it's, it's intense. So yeah, whatever drama was saying about, you know, get over so people don't have to sit there and wait. Cool. I'm with all that shit. I try to be zen on the road, but Miami is, like I said, it just asks for pure unadulterated rage. So if you ever come down to Miami and you're driving, um, just be cautious, but be firm. You know what I mean? Be cautious and try to dial back your anger. But at the same time, you got to make moves out here because motherfuckers is going and they, you put your blinker on here, they are up your ass. They're like, nah, nah, nah. You, you, come on, hit me. Get the fuck out of here. They're not trying to fucking get over for you. All right. They're, they're, if you actually putting the blinker on in Miami is actually as a bad thing to do. People say not to do it because the minute you let them know what your intention is, they fuck you. They fuck you. Let's do another one. Hey, Rick, uh, this is uh, Rory uh, out of uh, Buffalo, New York. Just wanted to uh, call and let you know that still to this day, one of my favorite lines from you is that Skeksis line in your random windows freestyle. My God, that just blew my brain. It was amazing. Unbeatable. Rex sees right through the Skeksis. Fucking unreal. Let's get it. Get the fuck out of here. Hey, good looking out, Roy. I appreciate that. The random windows freestyle, I want to say, was somewhere in the 30s out of the 52 last year. It was produced by Nice Guy Mean Beats. We recorded it in Canada. I think in Saskatchewan, if I remember correctly, without looking. And um, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that one. Writing that one was cool. That beat is dope. Um... And I had just at the time on tour, the last like year, I haven't really been able to watch many movies or, or TV shows because the kids are so, they take up so much of the time that we have. And then by the time we get done, the kids go to bed. We're like so exhausted, can't even focus on anything. We just watch like some repeat shit or a movie we already seen a hundred times like Ghostbusters and then we just black out. Um, but when I go on the road is when I try to catch up on shows and shit that I've been wanting to watch. And um, The Dark Crystal prequel show that they came out with on netflix i was dying to watch and right around the time that that i wrote that freestyle i I either just finished the last episode or i was about to watch the last episode and i had that show in the brain it was all i was watching and the show was giving me fucking weird dreams and it was out there so um yeah check out dark crystal i think it's called the age of resistance if you're into that my pops was telling me he couldn't really get past like the puppets because the puppets look how they looked in the original movie it's not updated they haven't like flipped it and like made it modern it it basically i mean they have made it modern in a lot of ways but the main puppets that they use are the puppets they used in the 80s or 70s or whatever it was so um i recommend it it's it's dope i i fucking i i I, I liked it a lot obviously i liked it a lot because i worked it into a rhyme so i appreciate that roy thank you brother um, let's do another one. What up, Rec? It's your boy, Corey, coming to you from Tucson, Arizona. Uh, we missed you and Mr. Burns and Noms at the, uh, It Goes Up tour that just passed by here in 2019. Um, wasn't sure if you were going to reschedule and get back down to Tucson sometime in 2020, but, uh, would love to hear your thoughts on that. Um. Big ups to the podcast, dude. Stepping into the podcast game. That's a big move. We love it. We want to hear more from you. Just uh, keep it coming. And uh, tell all these other haters to get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Corey, appreciate you, brother. Um, Yeah, we didn't. We didn't do the Tucson show on the It Goes Up tour because when we got on tour with Tech last year, we already had, before we signed on to do the tour, we had two bookings already. We had a festival in Miami and then we had another show uh, that ended up 
getting rescheduled. So we ended up only having to technically miss um, one show. But we thought we were only going to miss... Actually, for a minute, I thought we weren't going to miss any of the shows because it got moved... The, the show in Miami, it was on a day where it was a day off for the tour. But the thing was, is to get to the show in Miami on the day off, we had to miss the show the night before to, to fly there. Because there was no way that we would fly from Arizona to Miami and make it on stage for this festival. I think we were playing at one o'clock or some shit like that. So we ended up having to miss Tucson, which is one of our favorite stops. We love Arizona in general. And... Um, it sucked we had to miss Tucson, but we did miss it. It was the one show we missed on that tour, if I'm not mistaken. So we do want to go back. We tried to go back on the fall tour, and for some reason we couldn't lock in a date. I don't know if the venues there that we can play that are our size were booked up already by the time we looked into it or what. I don't know what the politics was, but in the end result, when I looked at our routing for that um, fall tour that we did, it, it wasn't on there. But we will definitely try to make it back there sooner than later. And um, I'm looking at trying to maybe do one of my EP release parties in that in that area. Definitely doing some Arizona. So um, I don't, I'm, my first EP release party is coming up end of March. It's going to be three dates in Colorado, one date in Albuquerque. And I'm hoping to do one around every EP release throughout this year. So one of those I want to I want to take to the Arizona area. So I'm working on that already. So as soon as I have some dates on that, I'll let you know. And I'm hoping that Tucson will be a part of that and i will let you know as soon as i know on social media and all that shit you already know what it is um all right folks episode three it's in the bag we did it i just want to say um i hope i hope the podcast is sounding better to you i had my setup in in such a way where i was having to gain up my microphone a lot and it was like causing a little bit of noise and i had to like use some plugins and shit to get rid of it and i don't know if it was sounding the best but i fixed it up and i think it's sounding a lot better now so hopefully it's sounding better to you if you didn't even notice it was sounding fucked up in the first place then mm, all right double win i'll take it uh so i think it's sounding better i'm working on a studio like i said i'm almost done so i'm hoping to convert and do the video podcast uh, portion on youtube if you didn't know already you can find this podcast on youtube but it's still audio only i'm hoping to accompany uh wherever you like listening to your podcast with the video version on youtube and do some clips here and there so that's something i'm looking forward to doing in the future we're not there yet but i'm definitely looking forward to doing it so like i said uh if you want to check out the info on the dates i have coming up um for colorado and new mexico go ahead and hit up recognize the music.com forward slash tour and there should be some ticket links up there for you and i'm very excited to give you guys some more info on the upcoming music we've got music coming from myself music coming from mr burns and music coming from mayday all this year is going to be dope super jam-packed with a lot of fucking dope shit very excited and as always you know i'm gonna try and uh you know get some access to some previews and uh, give you guys some previews here on the show so that's coming up as well um i hope you enjoyed the show please go ahead and rate subscribe do all that shit that you could do and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to get the fuck out of here um that's if your boy's signing off you know what it is pour me a shot and let's do it It's that time again We gotta say goodnight You know it's getting late Tomorrow is another day My friend All right, people Time to go home. Yep. Losing time. We're ready to head on out. So let's go. You don't have to go home. But you can't stay here. Now you're making me mad. You're gonna make me swear. Get the fuck out. Here. Finish up that beer You might as well call it a night, my friend You're gonna have to Get the fuck out! You heard me Get the So long, arrivederci, sayonara Get the fuck out! Ciao, good night Bye-bye, so 
Just what the world needed, one more podcast. Get the fuck out of here!